And uh, last time, well, it wasn't technically last week, two weeks ago, Pastor shared about baptism. So we wanted to make sure that you know that we have two baptisms planned or a time set aside for baptism. Yes. And the first will be uh, March 2nd, the first Sabbath in March, and then the next will be uh, March, April 6th, so the first Saturday in April. And so if you feel that invitation, you know, you just want set to your, set your life aside for Jesus, just let us know. You can let us know through the app, New Movement Church app, or afterwards after the service at our Next Steps tent. We have a little card that you can fill out, and we want to celebrate that decision, and we want to be there by your side as you make that decision. So I'd encourage you to just let us know. We don't have Hope City Heroes today, but we do have something special for our kids ages 2 to 12. And so um, if you go to our YouTube channel, and if you don't have, if you don't already follow our YouTube channel, if you go to YouTube and you search New Movement Church Pasco, then you will see the very first video that should show up is episode two for the Hope City Heroes. If anybody here needs a headset or headphones, um, if you don't have one already, if you just want to lift your hand and our Hope City Hero team will come through and get you, make sure you get some headphones. We have a, we have a couple up here. Uh, so that you guys can listen to this message during the sermon today. Oh, other thing I wanted to remind you of is we do have growth track today immediately after the service. It is uh, number two in the set of four. For those of you who don't know what growth track is, it's an interactive uh I don't want to call it a meeting or a teaching necessarily, but it's an interactive session uh, with our leadership uh, that just gives you an opportunity to learn more about new movement, but also to learn more about where God is calling you to serve. Because again, we know that God has a purpose for all of us. And so if you're interested in serving in the church, learning more about new movement, or just taking that next step in your relationship with God, we'd encourage you to attend a growth track today. Again, you can sign up for that on our app or just stop by the Next Steps tent at the end of the service and we'd be glad to get you in the right place. All right, well, the third message today in the Get in the Flow series is called Get Invitational. And so I invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a blessing you've already been to us today, God. We praise you for all that you've done for us, for sending your son and for your love, God, that washes us white as snow. And now, Lord, as our pastor speaks to us, speak through him. Touch our hearts today, God. We love you. Amen. Hi, kid. There it is. Good morning. Let's give God a praise. What a wonderful worship experience. I'm so glad to see every one of you here today, and I'm so glad that the snow is out of the parking lot. Um, there was a lot. <laughs> That's a good clap. Um, I, I have teased every year about buying a truck with the plow. I've, I've, I mean, I've talked about it for years. I need to make that happen because I just thought about how many people in our community could have used it and, you know, we can charge somebody on the other side of the tracks. We can charge them. No, just you. Uh, but I'm so glad. I, I'm not scared of the weather. I love the cold weather. I don't mind the snow. Um, but I know that it is a challenge uh, for a lot of people in our community. And so we are glad that the 
weather is changing, but I love the fact that it is brisk, or it's warm and toasty in here, and I love to be in the house of God. I'm glad to be here with you this morning. We are in a series, as um, Pastor Megan said, uh, Get in the Flow, and just to kind of do a quick little recap um, to kind of see what we're talking about. We're talking about God's grace, and what we're using flow uh, is a euphemism. We're using that as slang to talk about the grace of God because the grace of God is like, it's like pours over you. It washes over you. And we're talking about staying in the flow. And so here's basically the main thing that we have been sharing about this is that uh, God wants you to be in his grace and flowing in his grace. I don't know about you, but I need grace. Can anybody testify to that? I, I need some provision. I need some... I need some help. I need some forgiveness. I need some room. And there's something about uh, the way one of the gospel writers, or the Bible writers, David, talks about when he was deep in sin, when he was deep in his transgressions, and when things weren't working for him, he's, he talked about it being as dry bones, that his bones dried up, and that he had basically felt like his bones were going to break. But when he confesses, And when he gets it right with God, that it feels like he's been nourished and that water has flooded his soul. And so it's about staying in the flow, staying in the grace of God. God gives us grace. He offers it to us. But there are five decisions that we've been talking about that help us stay in the flow. And the first one, as we talked about, was just getting started, just getting started. That was the first message. And then we moved to getting started. Baptized, And we're so excited for those who are making that decision to get baptized, to begin a different life with God. And we talked about baptism is not the end, but it's the beginning, right? It's the beginning of your journey with God. It was when Jesus started his public ministry. So today we're going to pick up with get involved, get involved. And I've got a text that we're going to unpack today. And I want you to find it with me. It is in the book of First Peter chapter 4. It's in the New Testament, which is towards the end of the Bible. If you start flipping back in, Peter is an interesting book There's um, because he was kind of a, a I, I don't know if I should call him a thug. I got no hate. I got no hate against thugs. God loves thugs. And Peter was kind of a thug in his day. And it's amazing how Peter came from this kind of scruffy, rough professional fisherman to now being a gospel writer. And so here he writes as he reflects. And if we know, if you know anything about Peter, Peter had some moments where God that were rough. Peter, God was really patient. Peter understood God's grace. He made a lot of mistakes and he made them publicly. It wasn't like he just made them in secret. He made them publicly and in front of people. People knew about his mistakes. But they also knew about God's grace and forgiveness that flew on, flow over his life. So he's reflecting now as the Spirit is giving him inspiration. He's an older man now, and now he's breaking, breaking it down. So here in Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, here's what he says, writes to us. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. I like that emphasis there. Most important of all, continue to show deep love to each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great 
variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it in all the strength and energy God supplies. Then everything you do, I like this, then everything you do will bring God glory. That sounds like flow right there. Everything you do is going to lead you to the championship. Every pass you make is going to make you the MVP. Every shot you shoot is going to put you in the Hall of Fame with God. Everything you do is going to bring him glory. We did some things this week that didn't bring God glory. It might have brought us ourselves some glory. But think about being in the flow through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You know, I'm kind of glad that we didn't have service last week. I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it gave me some time to really reflect a little bit deeper on our series. Gave me a time to kind of to really dive in and think a little bit differently about it. And I found something that I almost missed that really rose to the surface for me as I began to really reflect a little deeper. I found something practical. Something, it's a practical Actually, something that we do all the time, but I didn't realize how practical it was for us to be aware of. And it's actually awareness. Think about it. God gives us grace, right? He pours out forgiveness. He pours out what we need. But really, it is measured by our sense of awareness. In other words, we confess things that we are aware that we've done wrong. We confess things that have been brought to us that we're aware of. But not everything that we have done, we're aware of. And I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit who really practically gives us the opportunity to be aware. See, awareness is really practical when it comes to understanding grace. Awareness is really practical when it understands how we navigate through this life as believers. Because there are times... When we were not aware or did not want to acknowledge the presence of the Lord in certain moments. It's interesting as I reflect on my days, on my wild days, like last week. No, I wasn't buck wild. When, when I reflect on some of my days, it's interesting how I realized that the Lord was with, with me even more in my darkest moments. That I was really fighting God in those moments. There were some things that I was doing, and, and at the same time, I was keenly aware of what I was doing because I was hearing and really hearing the voice of the Lord. I don't know about you. It seems like God speaks to me the strongest when I'm going in the wrong direction. And that's the kind of God that we serve. And so it's interesting as I've been thinking about this and thinking about getting involved, something jumped out at me. This idea, this practical idea of awareness. I want to explore it a little bit, and then I want to dive in uh, to the rest of the message, because I think it kind of sets our minds for a second. Because here's the question, really, how aware are you? How aware are you of you? 
That's self-awareness. Think about all these things, self-control, right, repentance. All this requires a sense of awareness. It's interesting. My kids uh, have an interesting sense of awareness. I'm sure I was the same way. There are some things that they hear and some things they are not aware of. Sometimes we will, I will give them instructions. I'll say, I need you to do this, this, and this. I'm sorry, what would you say again? No, we need you to do this, X, Y, and Z. I don't get it. Anybody heard that one? I don't get it. I don't understand. Now, I could be upstairs with the speaker blasting, kids downstairs having a great time. I could accidentally say McDonald's, right? I could just, I could just say McDonald's, and some of, somebody in my family would come and say, Dad, ain't you taking us to McDonald's? I'm like, when, when did I say that? No, we heard you. We heard you. You said it. You're going to take us to McDonald's. I'm like, how did you hear that? It's interesting how aware we can be. See, some of us had an opportunity to practice awareness on Thursday. It was Valentine's Day. (laughs) Don't don't get me. Oh, my goodness. Because some some of us were aware it really wasn't that deep, was it? I mean, Valentine's just kind of came and went. It, was, it wasn't that deep. You got this at Walmart on clearance. This, this is the chocolate I saw when they put it out after Christmas. It just really wasn't that deep. Some of, some of us were aware of how deep it really was. We had an opportunity. Some of us forgot. I've forgotten about Valentine's. I'm going to be honest with you. I have forgotten about it. I've gone there. I've done that. It brings some awareness. It's kind of unfair. It kind of brings you aware that you're single, right? (laughs) Single Awareness Day is what I heard Valentine's was called. Single Awareness Day. You're single. Some of you went through all these plans. We made made some great plans, and we showed up. We had it all figured out, and that thing just fell flat. Bam, right? The card wasn't open. The flowers wasn't smelled. You were aware at that moment. She's not feeling you, bro. She's not feeling you. She's not feeling you. Now, if you, if you had a couple different Valentines, just in case, backup plan, I ain't mad at you. It's hard to date these days. I get it. I, I feel bad for you. Um, <laughs> it's interesting how the weather made you aware. Uh, when the snow started falling and the ice started getting thick, it became pretty clear what was important to you. Right? There were some things you just, I'm, I'm not doing that, right? Some of, some of you were like, I'm not, I can't go to work. It's dangerous. I'm putting my life at risk, all right? You are trying to inflict pain. Look, you, I, I need health insurance because y'all are trying to get me messed up. I can't make it into work. And then like Wednesday, somebody was like, man, I need some coffee. Like I, I'm tired of this homemade coffee. I need some Starbucks. Y'all was brave in the weather, right? Was, come on. Starbucks is closed? What's wrong with y'all? You need to be open 24 hours. The weather made you aware of what was important. Some of you were like, you know what? We need to get these kids back into school. Who do we need to call <laughs> to open up this school? Because I'm aware I'm about to ring all these little kids, spank all these little kids. They are all going to private school after this. Whatever school is open during bad weather, we're going to take them there. (laughs) It's interesting how much awareness 
is important. So I want to make this connection because I'm seeing a huge connection between awareness and involvement. Let me put it on the screen for you. Our level of involvement is equal to our level of awareness. There's some things we're not involved in because we're not aware of it. There are some things we are overly involved in because we are overly aware of it, over-functioning, aware of everything they did on Facebook, every Instagram post. Oh, really? They got money to go there? They owe me $30. What are they doing at Yolks, right? Our, our level of involvement is equal to our level of awareness. Some of us came from broken relationships with our fathers, And fatherlessness is such a painful uh, problem in our society that even whether if your father was there physically or not, it made you feel like he's not involved in my life. He's not even aware of what's happening. Can't even tell. I'm hurt. Spouse can't even tell. I'm, I'm depressed. Kids aren't even noticed. They're having problems with the bully because our level of involvement is equal to our level of awareness. It's interesting how these things go together. And see, so here's what I want to tell you because it's a very, it's very interesting. It's a subtle, it, there's a subtle deception in this. But you see, Satan, let me, let me read this. Satan wants us to be aware and then decide to get more involved. Here's the subtlety of this. Satan would like us to be aware of something and then get involved. In other words, we got to get enough information so that we make a decision before we get involved. We got to do a research on this person first to find out, is this person really going to benefit me? Is this neighborhood really going to be best for me? Is this Is this job at the church or this ministry going to benefit me or not? Let me find out the information. Let me find out before I give my offering where it's going to make sure if I'm going to get involved or not. Let me show you the opposite of this. God wants this. God wants us to get involved in order to be more aware. If your level of involvement is equal to your level of engagement, God says, I want you to get involved. And then when you get involved, you will, your awareness will, will change. See, there's a lot of problems in this world. And a lot of the problems in this world are not getting engaged because some people are invisible. I can, I can do laws. I can pass things. I can request money to build a wall because there's some people I'm not aware of because I'm not involved in their life. I don't understand what it feels like to have one person living here and another person living there. I may understand what this problem is for me because I'm not really involved. And sometimes we can get so focused on our own problems and only see one thing. And God is like, I need you to get involved. Because when you get involved, you'll find out there's more to the story. You'll find out there's more to that person. You'll find out that there's more value in this relationship than you were expecting. Because I don't want you to decide and screen people. I want you to get involved. Because there are some people who are visible. There are some people who are standing. Can I just speak for women? Listen, this is a women's movement. Can we just get this out here? 
No, we are living in a revolution of exalting women, and I am 100% for it. Women should not be invisible. Women's voices should not be high. Can I just preach like I feel it? Because this is an era where God says, I want you to get involved with those who have no voice, and I want you to be aware of those issues. It's so easy to decide first if I'm going to get involved. It's a subtlety. It's an issue. And so if God, here's what, here's what Satan knows. If we, because it's one thing to get involved on our own. That doesn't go too far. It's another thing to pray for God to get involved. God bless and heal that person. But, you know, somebody says, pray for me. You know, yeah, I'll pray for you. We will never pray for them, right? It's one thing to say, God bless them. God help them. It's another thing because Satan knows if we and God get involved, things have to change. It's just that simple. It's one thing to be in a relationship and having problems and say, I'm going to try to fix it. Usually don't work. Or I'm just going to pray that God fixes them. That never works. But what happens if me and God team up and God says, I need you to get involved in a different way. Satan knows that if we and God get involved, stuff's got to change. And so I want to unpack this. I want to unpack this text because I'm seeing something powerful about getting involved. Because, see, when we stay in the flow of his grace, we make a decision to get involved. What he does is he brings more awareness to our life. We are able to see things from God's perspective. We're able to see people in a different way. When we decide to get involved, God shows us some things. So I've got six things that this text helps us understand. Six things about getting involved that makes us more aware. It's all in the text. Let's go back to Peter. The first one, verse 7, says, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Here's the first thing, time. Getting involved makes you aware of time. Peter's trying to get us to understand, in his context, what he's writing to. He says, listen, I need you to understand something. The end of the world is coming. Christ is coming. You need to be diligent. You need to be selective. You need to be purposeful about what you're praying about. Can I make this practical? You've got to be aware of the time that your relationship or your job or your health is in. Can we make it practical? There are some people who are in the beginning of their relationship. There are other people who are at the end of the relationship. There are some people who are at the beginning of their parenting. There are some people at the end of their parenting. And when you're aware of the time that you're in, you need to be more diligent about the decisions you make. You, need, you have to get more diligent about what you're praying about. Your level of involvement changes when your child is two, when they're 14. You can't treat your child when they're two like you do when they're 14. You can't treat a child that's, 14, that's two like a 14-year-old. It doesn't make sense. You've got to be aware of the time. Think about your level of involvement when you think about the person that you need to be involved in. How much time do they have left? All of us have had someone in our life that has been sick or near death or has passed away. And the number one thing I know as a pastor, everybody says at the funeral was, I wish 
I had more time. And I've seen how gracefully people who are terminally ill, if they make the decision to do it with God, I've seen the difference of how they embrace the time that they have. And they say the end is coming soon. I've got to make everything possible. I've got to make everything right. Just think about your level of involvement if you knew how much time you have left. I can't stay up anymore and eat pizza, Oreos, and Pepsi. I can't do that anymore. I realize that now. It's a painful awareness. I used to be able to do that. Doritos, Pepsi, we stay up all night playing video games. If I do that, I'm going to be out of work for like three days. I have to be aware. What a blessing to get involved and see how much time we have left and how we make decisions accordingly. Here's the second one. Peter says in verse 8, most important of all, be dis- oh, most important part, continue to show deep love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Here's the second one. Getting involved makes you aware of your love. Peter says, continue to love each other deeply. You've got to make a pretty good decision to continue to love someone. Can I say it this way? You got to make a decision to continue to offer someone the same grace that you asked for from God. Because there comes a point where you're like, you know what? I'm good. This, I'm good. I can no longer continue. And that's okay. Sometimes you got to make that decision. But when Peter's saying, I need you to continue to love Deeply. Who are you loving deeply? Who are you involved with? Who are you loving deeply? Who's getting the deep love? Not the surface love, not just the love to get me through the week, but who's the one getting the deep love? And who are you being deeply loved by? So you get involved, you could become more aware because the deeper you love people, guess what? More conflict. The more chances they're going to hurt you, the more chances they're going to make you mad. But it's the more chances you have to show the grace of God that's flowing in your own life. Here's a not number of uh, number nine. Verse nine. Verse nine says this. Cheerfully share your home with those who are in need, who need a meal and a place to stay. This is a good one. When you get involved, God makes you aware of your attitude. Your attitude, listen, nothing brings an attitude up like having somebody over your house. Can we just be honest? And then cooking a meal for somebody, right, that can go one way or the other. You spend all night cooking that thing, and they're like, this is nasty. Woo, my goodness, you ready to flip that table over, right? He's encouraging them, be cheerful, have a Good attitude when you are hospitable to people. Being involved, it checks your attitude. Nobody likes anybody doing something good with a bad attitude. Right? Nobody likes that. Here's your food. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Like, really? Is that what we're doing? Your attitude. It's interesting how when you are doing things that God's calling you to do, not doing things your ego is calling you to do, 
but doing things that you and God are teaming up with, it's interesting how you will be able to be aware. You know what? I actually enjoy serving people. I actually enjoy having the right attitude and seeing people smile on their face. Look at verse 10. Do you have, sorry, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Being involved makes you aware of your gifts. I love that promise. God has given everyone a gift from a rich bag of spiritual gifts. Don't don't ever think that what you're gifted in, don't ever compare that from somebody else. There are so many gifts that God has. Sometimes we have a lot of gifts that are celebrated. Speaking, singing, everything that's public, everything that's in front of people. But there are a lot of gifts that God gives and he gives all of us to be used for someone else. Here's what I, here's what I realized. Some gifts don't work until you do it for somebody else. It's true. Some gifts don't even kick in until you're serving other people. There are some gifts, mothers, can I talk to the ladies? There are some things you didn't know about yourself as a mother until you had a child. It didn't even come until you had a child. It, when, you were, when you didn't have kids, dads, there was, there was, that wasn't even there. But as soon as you had that kid, something kicked in and you became a different person. There was a gift that came from you. Look at verse 11. He says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do, all, do it all with the strength and the energy that God supplies. Power. When you get involved, you become aware of power. Because there are some things when you serve people, you can only do with God's power. Can't do it in your power. Can't do it with your strength. It only becomes strong because God is supplying you with the power. I love what what Peter is saying. He says, do it with the strength and the energy that God supplies. Don't you realize that when you decide to take a step forward and get involved, that God steps up his energy and power to you. See, that's the subtlety. Can I come back to the subtlety? See, the enemy wants you to decide first and then get involved. God's saying get involved and then you'll be aware of my power. Don't make a decision based on your perspective of what you can and can't do. When you team up with me, I'll give you power to do things that you never thought you could do. I'll give you strength to do things that you never thought you could do, but it only came because you got involved. Here's the last one. He says, then, same verse, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory. Somebody say all glory. And power to him forever and ever. Here's what getting involved will make you aware of. Your motives. Who are you really doing this for? Are you doing this to look good? Are you doing this to erase some wrong? Are you doing this to to put up some sort of fabricated experience that everything's all good? Are you trying to facilitate a facade? Are you you afraid to get in a small group? Are you afraid to get close to people because it's going to be exposed that your life is in shambles? 
Are you, are you afraid of a church that's trying to expose and help you, not to shame you, but to bring deliverance and freedom to you? Are you afraid to get involved because it's going to show that you need somebody else? What's your motive? Why are you doing it? And that's what happens when you get involved. It, exp- it shows what your motives are. Because your strength runs out when you're doing it for yourself. Your strength runs out when you're trying to exalt yourself. But when you make the decision to say, I want to give God glory. Don't you understand that God loves to get his glory? Don't you know how many few people in this earth are trying to give God glory? The Bible says that God searches the earth looking for true worshipers. True worshipers are rare. People who have a motive to give God glory are rare. And can I just tell you, when you make the decision, say, look, I don't know how good I am at this. I don't know what this is going to cost me. I don't really have the pedigree, the background, the education to do this. But I'm going to step into it. And when I step into it, I'm going to give God glory. And God says, I can work with that. I can work with a church on the east side that is dedicated to give me glory. I love the way he ends, and I want to end it like Peter does. He says, all glory, power to him forever. Amen. He ends it with worship. He ends it with worship. There's something about this process of saying, you know what? When I'm, when I'm getting involved, I'm becoming more aware. I said, Peter, what are you becoming more aware of? I know those things are deep. I like the way you broke it down, Peter. It's going to make a great sermon. But what, what do you, what, why did you end in worship? Why did you end with the doxology? Why did you say, let me end this with a praise? And then I was, I was thinking of conversations that Jesus three top, you know, his top three guys, Peter, James, and John. God said, go over there to James and see what James had to say. Because Peter and James are saying some of the same things. And I went over to Peter or John, James chapter 5, verse 20. Here, I'm going to read it to you. James says it this way. Dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back. That's somebody just stepping outside of God's grace. That's just stepping outside the flow. That's just saying, I'm going to do this on my own. If somebody wanders away and is brought back, here's what James says. Peter must have been talking, they must have been talking about this. You can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from the wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Now, I need to break that down. He says, when you get involved and you start thinking about the person who wandered away and you go after them, he says, look, you're going to save that person from death and you're going to bring about the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, that means the more you go after others, the more saving and cleansing is coming to you. That's why he ends in worship. Because when I started to reflect, when I started to think about the people in that, that I see that are struggling with bondage, even my own bondage, I'm reminded of how much God delivered me from. 
Every time I see a person in the same situation I was in, I'm reminded of the forgiveness. I'm reminded of the grace. And I begin to celebrate God. I'm becoming aware of what you saved me from. I'm becoming aware of what could have happened to me. That could have been me. I could have been strung out on drugs. I could have been in prison. I could have lost my mind. I could have said, forget God and left you. But there's something about this ministry. There's something about this work that is making me aware of the grace in my own life. And Jesus says, I'll make a deal with you. You get involved and guess what? I'll start pouring out so much power and so much grace and so much strength and so much healing through your life that all the mess that you're dealing with will be washed away. I'll bring deliverance not just to you, but to your family, to your future, to your past, to your history. Everywhere you go, I will be bringing forgiveness and love to you to be a a reminder of what you didn't have you didn't have dad at home I didn't have teachers advocating for me I didn't have this but I also didn't have a court case I also didn't get lost in gangs. I also didn't give up and quit. There was something about God that said, son, step out and get involved. Do something to help other people and everything will be added to you. And so I just want to close with this. If I can go back to that that, first, that other slide that says, Satan knows if you and God Get involved, it's got to change. Here's my question. What would change if you and God got involved? What would change at home? What would change in your finances? What would change in your business? What would change in your career, in your parenting, even in your singleness? What would change? If God was like, you know what? I'm going to make you aware of your busted toes. You're a grown man and your toes are busted. All right? You're going to get on that third date and you're going to want to walk on the beach and hold hands. And she's going to look at your feet and say, brother, you, <laughs> you, you, you need to get them feet fixed. I need to bring some awareness to you that the things you're doing now, you're living for now. What would change if you asked God and you got involved? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to pray for someone today who just needs to make a decision. Say, God, I want something to change. I want something to be different. And I've been trying it my way and it doesn't work. Or I've been just praying for you to handle it and it hasn't moved because you're saying you want me to get involved with you. And God wants to get involved with some of you. All you need to do is just be aware of his presence. Be aware of what he's calling you to do right now. Be aware of the fact that he's giving you an invitation to say, invite me into your life. And let's do this together. I want to pray for someone today who just needs to make a decision. You know, whatever that decision is. And I want to pray for you in this moment. Father God, I pray right now for people who are making a decision to get involved. Maybe they're going to get involved as a father. Maybe they're going to get involved a little bit more as a husband. Maybe they're going to get more involved as a mother. 
You're really going to get more involved as a wife, as a sister, whatever relationship that we're in. Father, some of us are making decisions today that we're going to do more. We're going to be aware. We're going to be present. That sitting on our phone and just looking at them or just taking a picture, it doesn't mean we're involved. Father, some of you, some of us are getting involved in this church. We're saying, I want to serve. I want to help other people. And in doing so, help myself. And I pray for all those decisions today. I celebrate all of those who've made decisions to get on a team or to join Growth Track or to do something to get involved with new movement. And I pray that as we make this decision to glorify you in all that we do, not just a little bit of it, Father, you will receive all the praise and all the glory that is worthy of you. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we just give a praise to God and just tell him he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. We're so excited about the decisions that were made today. The best choice you could make to just join with God and uh, move forward with him. And so... If you made a decision today, we'd love to know about it. I invite you to stop at our Next Steps tent. Our worship team and our pastor will be there at the end of service. And like I said, we just love the opportunity to meet you. Right now, we have the opportunity to give. Here at New Movement, we believe in being generous people. Uh, God has blessed us so much, and we believe in sharing that. And part of that is giving back to God. And so I want you to know if you're visiting us here today, you're not expected or required to give, but uh, we have a few ways to give. We're going to have our ushers come through now with the baskets uh, so you can give that way physically or also electronically on our app, our New Movement Church app. There's two different ways to give electronically there. Okay, just a few things before you dismiss today. Don't forget, Growth Track in 